I think an artist must embrace his own story and his own uniqueness. We don't have to be like anybody else. And as soon as you embrace your own story, even if it's a bad story or a difficult story or a strange story, and accept that you're unique and then rather look for your own unique eye and your own unique expression and your unique, unique um, sensitivity towards life. Today I'm talking to Yaku Sibirahan, who is a sculptor in South Africa. Good morning, Yaku. It's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Good morning, Petra. It's wonderful to meet you. I, I, um, I saw your wonderful artwork on Instagram and uh, I'm so fascinated by what you do. You do um, this metal structures and you also do some wood um, sculptures as well. Yeah, I, I used to do concentrate more on wood sculptures at the stage, uh, but then I kind of felt that um, I want to express myself with certain concepts and the wood was but uh, re keeping me back and restraining me. So I start, I uh, stumbled upon uh, quite interesting uh, information and background on silhouette and silhouette art and silhouette sculptures something that you find all over the world quite traditional also in certain parts so we have these shadow puppets and that uh, was quite fascinating to see how you can develop a story and do some storytelling through your uh, sculptures uh, and, and that uh, was a seed for me to to look into uh, silhouettes and from there and then I, I found somebody that and they just imported a laser uh, machine that lasers made metal in the early 2003, I think, if I remember it correctly. And that just kind of ticked all the boxes. And I realized if I can do drawings and we can laser it out of metal, we can make quite large sculptures, but still in the tradition of silhouettes. And from there, it started the whole idea of developing silhouette sculptures. Um, it opened up the possibility of storytelling you can can um take somebody's mind for a walk um you can yeah. help them to 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 consider different things um i enjoy uh, writing poems and to a large extent um the way i i construct my art, the sculptures and the way and, and the system behind writing poems is very much the same. You start with a concept that you want to um, express, and then you develop uh, visual words, um, elements that you want to incorporate in the artwork that can carry the story. And, and that's why I say always say it's visual words, because very iconic um, elements um, bring certain um, thinking or stimulate certain thinking and then the way you place it in the sculpture in juxtaposition um, to some other images or other silhouettes um, that brings tension of harmony of a feeling of time or, or um, context and through that you then develop so you sometimes I develop the sculpture on CAD, I use CAD, the CAD program, um, 
computer program where you can do the drawings and you can fill the drawings with with black colors so then you've got quite a strong image of an idea how your artwork will look and then the nice process is that you can actually build up your artwork and then if you feel but the one figure needs to be a little bit larger because it needs more strength and you can enlarge it so you can you can play with your image until you get to a point where you have the the um the right feel the same with the poem if you read the poem you read the poem when you read the poem while you're working on it um and the rhythm and the sound and everything becomes part of the poem and that helps you to to con uh, not condense or distill mm -hmm. I think it's a process of distilling. You take out a lot of other things. And, and with the sculptures also, sometimes there's more images in the sculpture, but over time I take away, take away, take away. Everything different in till you get to a point where you have the the balance that you want to for this whole and, and the, the silhouette sculptures allowed me to to start doing that process um and that's how they from there on my i had this new visual language that i've developed over time but i find the the silhouette so beautiful and and it's actually it's a it's an old form of art because mm -hmm. i see in very old uh, german uh, stories for example yes. i use the the silhouette to tell mm -hmm. not you know as a as a visual connected with the story so um where did this uh, interest come with just using a silhouette yeah yeah i i i was was quite fascinated by um sequential art sequential mm -hmm. art is is like calvin and hops or handicap um um where you uh, or garfield where with three or four blocks you tell a story and and there's quite a lot of um rule of thumb in the storytelling through just two or three or four blocks the um the imagery okay they have they've got the speech bubbles or something written underneath um but the idea of using iconic imagery just the right imagery um the selection of sex for example a dog when you want to use a dog in a story uh, uh to use a, a yorkshire terrier or a bulldog if you put it in a story it, 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 it brings totally different associations yeah. uh, um, between them um, when you look at it and that kind of um idea of storytelling through imagery so the, the sequential art and the sequential art is actually a, quite a science um and in 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 things that they use to to carry the story stronger and if you go to japan and those places they've got like novels um that's just uh, drawn um in blocks telling stories um and yeah so for me that was was part of the key to to um, realize that there's quite a potential in using silhouettes 
uh, more than just decorative or uh, just um, this, it can be quite strong in you. Because you, you also distill your own, um, oh, yeah. you, you distill things that can um, take your mind away from the essence of the story. It's all the way down now. It's just the that's that silhouette, the story that you want to tell. There's no decorative or because that's why I, I enjoy using black because black, um, in black, uh, all the colors is in black. Um, so you don't prescribe a certain emotion or a certain feel or a certain emotion. Because if you uh, use, for example, red, in, in, in the West, uh, red would be more uh, feeling of danger. In the East, China, it would be feeling of happiness because that's the red is the color of happiness. So with, with the colors culturally motivated, but also um, you kind of want to show somebody into the direction with a, with a color, but with black, it's so neutral. It's just like ink. It's just the ink that it's, the visual imagery is written in. Um, and, and I think that that what makes it exciting. Nowadays, I'm I'm started using um, color also. Um, I, I, um, yeah, because I've I've as you develop your silhouettes, um, you also develop you, you you give yourself some challenges and say, can I also communicate this way? What can I do more to communicate? Can I create a feeling of time in it. Can I um, uh, express uh, what's in thoughts in somebody's head or, or emotions or, or um, things that motivate somebody? So I, I, when I do series of sculptures, I, I always put myself also a challenge, not only in telling a certain story, but also how can I tell it visually in a different way that it stays interesting. So in, because of that, colors started coming into my sculptures. Um, and especially with, with larger sculptures that's outside, um, certain colors just works also beautiful in the setting outside. Because um, to, to a large extent with colors, you also draw somebody in and then they spend more time with the artwork also and then maybe it will, will also play a bigger role in their lives so colors started creeping in um but isn't the dominant that it i've left the black it's just you always there must be a reason then when you use color yeah. in in an artwork specifically also. well i can just imagine when it's outside and uh, whatever color you use that you always have the backdrop of nature, you mm -hmm. know. So you, you the, also, uh, for example, I don't know if if you use blue and and the sky is blue, it will look uh, different than when the sky is grey. So maybe that's yeah. also the interesting the interesting thing of of what. So you, the different times of day or different times of year that you see the artwork would would it then also speak differently to you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, at, in Hermanus, um, on this um, uh, side, well, on the sea that we've got a, a, a every year and sculpture exhibitions, uh, sculptures on the cliffs. 
And uh, they're especially interesting for me with the sculpture standing on the cliffs with the sea and the air. And I think the sea uh, make you more conscious of, of changing colors of the water and the sky. And they are, and then you see the different colors that could, and, and then early morning and late afternoon. So it brings an added element to the artwork that's very much on an aesthetic um, level. That's also beautiful. I think artists must have these levels of, of, of beautiful or confrontational uh, visually, um, and but also connect an emotional and on the intellectual level. So all these levels needs to be addressed, or hopefully, <laughs> needs to be addressed or, or connected to. Yeah, and and colors is and colors colors is a challenge um, that I'm still working on. It's not so easy to decide which color would be the the best color to use. Um, but it's also I think that's part of the journey. I. Um, uh, no one moment is the ultimate moment. We're always busy in art on a journey where you do something and, and see if it works. Um, and if it doesn't, then you do something different. It, it's not, it, it, it's just the, the, I think the nature of that's how I approach art because you, you can become so intimidated by um, art and the right decision. I must make oh, yeah. the right decision, the right shape, the right form, the right theme, the right visual element. And it becomes so intimidating that you become scared to make a decision. And that's one thing that I've decided on my art journey is that I, I, I'm just going to just do it. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, just change it. it. And if that doesn't work, change it again. I'm busy with a large sculpture now, and I'm on the third color that I'm using. Because I, 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 the first one didn't work, and then I changed a little bit, and and it still didn't work, and then I changed it again, and I resprayed this large sculpture again, and that's fine. Also, um, I think that's part of the discovery and the journey that you are busy with. I think the day when you think you've got the recipe and you just follow the recipe as an artist, then it's time to retire. <laughs> because okay. you've got the recipe. You must always trying and trying and make um, making things that don't work, and then you try mm -hmm. again. There's a, a artist, uh, Gregor Bunzai, who used to stay in Onris, and he once told me that when you look at artists' work and you see this um, wave of very good and very bad and very good and very bad work, he actually likes that because mm -hmm. it means the artist is busy trying things and it doesn't always work so he some quite often makes something that's really bad but that's the process of 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 trying something learning from it and then there's a growth and you try something new and learning you grow so hopefully i will still keep on that track of doing something and sometimes it works and sometimes not yeah. um, well, color is of that yeah that's a that's a very interesting uh you know um thought process to think that yes there is evolvement because i think sometimes we are just so focused on things having to be perfect um that mm -hmm. that it also prevents you from daring and prevents you from experimenting and i think it's in that experimenting also that 
that there's growth and that you know you can develop something new yeah, yeah. it's stressful to 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 try these things because especially when you do a commission or for an exhibition will it work because we are we're still human and and the, the thing of um will people understand it or how will they react towards it and the economics of will it sell that's also economical element yeah. of, of of living as an artist um, so it's stressful and it's quite intimidating so <clears throat> the pull towards doing something that you know you can do and it's easier to do now of through all the experience that you've got um, or the or the pull to try and do um keep on evolving and doing new things that that kind of tension that's there the whole time sometimes you go that way and sometimes you all depends on how much energy you've energy you've also got and 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 try to do, do something um so you do commissions as well yes yeah i think mm -hmm. it's, it's wonderful a commission because you get this opportunity to really um push yourself um and and, and but the, also the process of working with a client and, and um try to understand them and something that will work for them and where they want to place it and so that you can then work on size and all those things mm -hmm. if you know where it's going to stand and I, so I, I enjoy that part because with the larger sculpture um, sometimes if you if you make it the size three meters and then somebody comes oh but they only wanted two meters um if, when they want to buy it so now they with the commission it's that that kind of elements is is there of of where it's going to be and and the client and and sometimes you personalize it more uh, or you push it more because they 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 are open to new um um, ideas. Uh, the one that I'm working now is, is, is quite uh, exciting because they want, they are open to to um, the idea that I try new things. Or and so uh, yeah, that it's, it's sometimes they want you to do something that is in the style that you've done something in the past. Um, but that's also part of 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 the process. Also, that uh, commissions is wonderful opportunity to to do something special but but how much freedom do you have in a commission is it not difficult if somebody tells you yeah you know i i, I think when that if they give you a commission then they they know your art already quite well and they respect your art and they they um enjoy what you're doing in that sense of is it more conceptual is it more silhouette is it more abstract is it um, more realistic so they they understand you as an artist already so the, the commissions usually start with somebody that that enjoy what you're doing um anyway yeah. so so from that point of view you know you can be yourself because they selected you for who you are they they're not just looking for a sculptor now the sculptor must make something that they want and they then you must change your style of your or your uh, approach so from that point of view it's it's fine they they won't ask yourself to do something that is totally out of your um your identity yeah so, but you get 
the opportunity with a commission to, um, because sometimes cost is a quite a major element. Um, and if you do just something for your, or, or to sell, you have to, the economics plays a big role, but with a commission, you, you give the, uh, the possibility of, of doing something more unique because you know that the part of the, the, the financials, if the oh, guy, yeah. okay, we, we, because materials in sculptures, the cost of materials plays a large um, role in, in, in the end product. So, and, and if they're then willing, then you you have the opportunity to make something three or four meters or um, just sometimes out of the certain material that's more expensive, but now you can do it. So from that point of view, it's quite a practical point of view, uh, but they don't uh, ask you to do something that's not you. Um, okay, yeah. And, 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 and then... Yeah, I've never had the situation where they asked me to do something that I felt no, that's not me or, or I will feel I'm selling out. I've never had that situation that, you, that you're selling out um, and, and now you're just forced to do something and you don't feel you're committed to that. Um, yeah, something yeah. With, with the computer, you can actually design the work and show them a visual that is very close to how the final product will be. Um, you can even place the sculpture in a photo of the area where the artwork is going to be placed. Amazing. It's mm. quite a, a good idea of what the end result will be. And and uh, then they trust you and said, okay, now they trust in your the story, um, mm. what you want to tell. Yeah. So uh, sometimes you see it's a different sense of, if, if, if it's a sculpture at somebody's house, you're not going to make this very heavy political satire work that shocks oh, everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. you, so you're sensitive, but then uh, people sometimes, I know there's one guy, he bought quite a few of, of works from a series that I did that was very, a lot of satire and political satire. And I asked him, it's, because when I made the series for the exhibition, I thought, yeah, I wonder if they'll ever sell because it's quite in your face satire. Uh, um, and I thought, and then it did very well on the exhibition. And the one guy bought quite a few of them. And I asked him, but uh, it's interesting, why did you buy it? <laughs> I said, no, because he enjoys the conversation. That's really? with the artwork. And, um, he, he's a big art collector, and he also wants to collect artwork that's uh, a conversation piece. Mm. That when friends come over and and they look at it, and it becomes a starting point for a quite a heavy discussion on certain elements um, that was more political, but sometimes works also on nature, nature cons uh, conservation, and and so people want those kind of art also in their houses. Sometimes in smaller works. So you have to be sensitive also to to um, people and and what they and where the work needs to be placed. Public and sculpture also is a bit more sensitive than works in a house because it's more a public exposed to people that not always used to looking at art. So that kind of sensitivity, uh, yeah, uh, for me, it's just in my personality. 
that I want to be more also sensitive towards people and their own journeys and processes of understanding and growing also. It's no use just being so bold that you chase them away. You sometimes have to befriend them with your art to take them on the journey of discovery and understanding of certain important things that you want them to consider. But now um, you said now that the, the, you do series of artworks. What inspired then, say, for example, this um, more political um, um, series? You know, is there something in your life? Yeah, is yeah. there something in your life that inspires that you you just get up in the morning and think, okay, this is the story I want to tell? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the, the the starting point of of different series is is some starts uh, some in, in yourself things that you experience um, when our youngest daughter was in the final year of school. Um, I was quite quite conscious of of uh, now both our children will be out of. Uh, will be not in the home anymore. The, the, they will be both at university. And because I worked from home, I was quite involved with the upbringing. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of had this feeling of uh, kind of, I call it uh, menopause. But, but the, the, the oh, kind yeah. of, <laughs> not the middle yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing of, 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 that emotional phase in your life, and and then I started reading on that, and I I, I enjoy reading a lot of uh, psychological um, articles, sometimes mm -hmm. anthropological articles, and and on that specific theme, I read a lot uh, and and made my own summaries of what's going on and what, mm -hmm. what I'm experiencing and and the whole thing. And that became the, the the basis of a whole series of of, um, of sculptures, um, where I considered this whole thing of change in your life, the um, and uh, losing things. Um, so that became the whole series um, of artwork. Um, um, Politically also, I think um, you can't be in South Africa and not be quite politically conscious of yeah. the issue and where we now and where we thought we would have been. Um, so from that point of view, uh, and that it developed over a few years from about 2014, I became more, more political in my work also and a lot of satire. Um, and then, because I thought it's important that we must see certain things, we must start discussing certain uh, elements or certain realities that, that is just starting to surface. Um, so I made this series and, uh, and it's interesting, it, it was quite well received because I think people started also this kind of discussion was happening more and more and more. But then in 2019, I started to feel that things are becoming so heavy that I need also people now to um, see the sunlight, not only the shades. So I made a conscious decision that, that in my sculptures, I want to emphasize 
the sun again and not the, the, the dark spots or the shades under the tree. Um, so that made that kind of shift because I uh, I felt that that I can keep peeping, people reminding on the, the, the things that are bad and not right, but just the process of dragging down and down and down and down and down. Yeah. And, as, and as an artist, you also want to take people on a journey towards something better. Mm. And so then I, I, my work changed. And that's also when color started coming into the sculptures. Um, because I felt the color needs to help this whole process of people seeing more um, the sunshine, kind of the uh, not in the sense of depression or not depression, but but there's some there's there's always things that that you can see and enjoy and appreciate. Doesn't matter how it's all around you. So so that kind of change happened in in my artwork also. Um, last year I did a series during the COVID. Uh, I think we all realised that there's quite a leadership crisis in the world because the way that that leaders think has a lot to do with the next election and will I win the next election and the decisions get guided quite short term towards the next e election um, and with the COVID there was they were forced to to make decisions that has nothing to do with the next election yeah. And so we, we just saw all over the world how the, the government and leaders struggle to make the right decisions or make decisions also. Um, so my take on this whole thing is there's quite a leadership uh, crisis. So I made a series last year about this whole thing of, of being king. And so the whole chess, the idea of chess, a king and a pawn and a queen. And Amazing. series of, of that to... to that you consider the whole thing of leadership that's working or not working. And then from there, it, it, it went kind of go around. So there was um, about leadership that super control and leadership that's useless or leadership that just want to look after themselves. So I was considering with the sculptures, uh, this reality that we are faced with. So that's the, the it's, you can't always predict what will be the next uh, series yeah. you you kind of it, it, it grows on you I, I i enjoy reading a lot uh, articles um um academic articles on on anthropology is also interesting because the anthropologists or the socialists they 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 consider the 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 human being within the environment culturally and how they do and what they do and the interactions between people and and for me that's fascinating so i tend to read these kind of articles also um but now yaku um tell, tell me that um because you are i mean you're so creative you you like you say you're so relevant and 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 reading and knowing so many things but as a child what, were you so creative as well? What what did you build? Did you make things? And or did you study art as a child? Yeah. Yeah. Now I grew up in, in a very uh, in the Platteland, in the countryside, where there was no proper art at school, or um, I, so I didn't take any art lessons during all my time at school. And then I studied um, 
theology and it was, art wasn't part of that. Um, I always had this this longing to do art, and I was a bit of a of uh, sometimes in my old world own world kind of child, um, dreaming a lot and um, just being. But then you grew up playing rugby and doing, doing sports and being naughty and do a lot of things that a boy will do growing up in the, in the countryside. Uh, so it wasn't this. Exp- the extreme exposure to art, although there was always these coffee table, glossy books with art that was in the house um, that I enjoyed paging through. Uh, so it, it, I think it was just there and was lingering there. And I, only, I did my first sculpture only when I was 25, I think. Yeah. Really? But what is the town that you grew up in? We well, drew many towns, Prince Albert. We stayed there for a while. We stayed in Carnarvon, Newman's Dorp. Yeah, My that's, that's traveled around all over the place. Yeah. So it was all over the place the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm 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 sometimes I think I, I'm fortunate not to have all these formal art training in the sense that that you don't have a a set I or when I started I didn't have a set idea of what's a good artwork. I just did what I wanted to do and from there it grew. Although when I and but then I also realized I need some background. So I at that that, that stage I uh, when I started doing sculpture when I was 25, 26, I read a lot on on art and uh, artist. At first, I looked at their art a lot, uh, but uh, but then I realized I must understand the the thoughts behind the sculptures. Yeah. So I started reading biographies and and uh, books, um, historical books on different artists and their journey and what they did and how they did it and why they they did it. And I think that also helped me to understand the whole process and that art making is a, a process. It's not a light bulb moment. It's a process and you work on that process and you develop the process and you um, enrich yourself also. Uh, um, I think you, it's important to keep enriching yourself uh, with many things so that you can can come from a, a richer soil to try and grow a new sculpture than a soil that's been used and used and used and, and becomes dead because there, there wasn't any input into the soil. Um, no. so I understood from, from those reading all, about all these artists that how they, and they're interesting how many artists, their story, um, uh, Help them to make to become a quite unique, um, like Matisse, his story and the visual end of where his, his sculptures ended. Um, uh, Broncusi, um, his certain decisions in his life that brought him where he is. So, I also realized that, that uh, I think an artist must embrace his own story and his own uniqueness. We don't have to be like anybody else. And as soon as you embrace your own story, 
even if it's a bad story or a difficult story or a strange story and accept that you're unique and then rather look for your own unique eye and your own unique expression and your unique unique um, sensitivity towards life and, and and hopefully that will bring up something unique or end up you producing something unique you need to develop the skills but also develop uh, your appreciation of your own uniqueness and your own story and so I think not having these former art training helped me to discover my own self um, easier than uh, have this voice at the back of the professor that say, but this and this makes it a good yeah. work. But, yeah, but it's also when, when you look at art and in, in all forms of art, you know, if you look at musicians' work and if you look at... Uh, artwork like you're doing the person who is buying this sculpture or you know is he's really buying into that whole process that you went through to be yes. able to do this you know where, where you are now and i it's i i really think that it's such a pity that children in school don't have the uh, just the possibility to learn that you you didn't start where you are now. You started with the first sculpture and the first experimentation, and it yes. takes years and years and years mm -hmm. before you get to that point. Yes. But yes. I think we're living in such an instant world where I wonder how many children grow up and would look at your artwork and think this this just happened. You know, mm -hmm. this just happened from one day to the next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it must be a light bulb and then you must be good. And if you're not good enough, then leave it. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful journey. It, it's not an easy journey, but it's a wonderful journey. And as you said, um, it then it becomes an incredible compliment when somebody wants to bring a part of that story into their own lives. Yeah. Or to work because they don't just buy the artwork, they actually buy or acquire a bit of the story or a bit of the vision, uh, visually or, or, or emotionally or intellectually, mm -hmm. they, they bring this little bit of vision that you've got into their lives and to hopefully yeah. enriches them. So that is that becomes the incredible compliment, I think, for an artist that, that this kind of thing happens. Um, yeah, but I want I want to ask you now the, the the silhouettes. This is this is something that I realized when I looked at the silhouettes. There are no facial. It's not that you can see a facial expression. You know, when you look at an artwork, you see a facial expression, and you can sort of tell. But but somehow through your your silhouettes you can see the person you can see a type of a personality or uh, or a um in, in the way that you do the silhouettes and i find this fascinating that that you can actually see uh, an emotion well well no, I, I wouldn't say emotion but a um you can understand the the silhouette just by the the outline do you study people's um uh, you know, like like body language, or or um, you know, do, do you have a, a sort of an idea of 
of how the figure has to be positioned or bent over or or the face or so to to get across the story i don't i don't think i do a, a conscious study but unconsciously my my wife always tell me when we walk through a mall don't look at everybody because when i walk through a mall when i get at the end i'm so tired not from walking but from looking because oh. I keep everyone that passes me because nowadays you kind of just look and you actually don't see what's around and, and little things. And I said, and I said, that is a father and a daughter because they've got the same mouth or the same way their eyes is. And, yeah. and they always tell me, you, you, you're tiring yourself because you keep looking <laughs> at these small little details. Yes, and then the little mannerisms. And I think that is what um, becomes important. Just a chin lower, a chin higher, eyes up, down little bit forward, a little bit back. Um, and with the silhouette, because if you do the drawing and you fill it, with the, then you've got quite a strong image and then you immediately will know it's not strong enough if it's not working the way you want it to work. So the process of, of working, of developing your figures is quite a process of... of discarding also many that's it it doesn't work that face doesn't work or or um it's sometimes yeah little small little things uh, of an older person uh, little things that changes in the silhouette and uh, will give you that feel but also when it's interesting when somebody if you take a photo for somebody from the side and they're angry or they're smiling there's, a, there's such subtle, subtle changes. Really? So you have to, to consider, and that's the nice thing of working with the computer now, is that you can actually bring in a different face. You can have the figure, the figure works, but the face doesn't. Now you can draw another face, bring it in, or making small changes on, mm -hmm. on even just the... Sometimes I cut out the eyebrow, it's the sculpture's bigger, or the eyes should be going down or lower. And just that little small things makes the um, a big difference. Yeah. But it, it, so sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Then you, then before you have to laser it, you can already um, do it on the on, on a paper, print it out, and and then I I sometimes when I design the artwork, I will print it out and will put it up against the wall. If I work, especially when I work on a series of work because they must also communicate with each other. And then I will live with it for two, three weeks, look at it, keep looking at, say, okay, that I must change, that I must change, the hand must be more this or that. Um, and then I, when I show it to my wife and when the children were still at home, I'll show it to them and say, just, just look and react. Um, yeah. and, and then you will see that they pick up the, the little nuances of, message or, or things that you want to portray or want to to emphasize and that helps you then because at the end it's communication yeah. and, and the visual words must be clear enough so that it can communicate the story they must carry the story otherwise people won't know what, what it's all about mm. yeah. so that is becomes and it's a, it's a quite nice and challenging process to work through that and, and get to that point where um you can hopefully manage to to portray a certain 
reduce the emotion or feel somebody's tired when they walk or energized when they walk. That just little slump makes a massive difference in the energy in the figure. So, yeah, so you have to, to consider that. But I, I try to show and I live with it till I find out that it works. That's the, that what I said, the whole process of, of it's a process. You do something, if it doesn't work, you change it till you get to where you want it. Hopefully, it doesn't always work, but yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge that you are busy with. You know? but, yeah, part of the process. process but yeah. now, yeah, Jaco, tell me now, what, what are your wishes for the future? Where do you see your art going? I remember last time when you asked me what's, how I see my future, I said to be happy and healthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so I think at my stage of my life, that becomes incredibly important because that will help you to keep, to extend your career longer. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I, technically, there's things that I want to try still, or want to experiment with working with colors and different colors on the sculpture. I'm getting more and more fascinated by colors, um, especially with outside sculptures, because in the light outside, that yeah. a lot of wonderful things can happen, and there's, there's incredible energy also in colors. So that is starting to fascinate me more. So it might be that I develop towards more, uh, more um, simpler in not in the sense of, um, but less um, than more less distilled, more distilled sculptures. Um, and then I think as an artist, you, you you keep looking for opportunities of where to exhibit and take it overseas. And, and so that, that kind of journey, you always, um, I always tell my friends, it's, it's art, it's like uh, pushing a wheelbarrow. If you don't pick it up and walk with it, it will just stand there. Yeah. And I think that is the, 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 my idea also that you must just keep working. Um, and look for opportunities, and um, that, I think that is uh, the important journey that you're busy mm -hmm. with. Um, that it that it stays also interesting and challenging to, uh, for yourself, um, because it, if it becomes a recipe thing and you just keep doing it, you feel you become a laborer and you just keep doing some things and just the factory. So I I hope to, to to keep it more interesting for myself and challenging for myself and exciting for myself that I can still be excited about a new sculpture in ten years time mm -hmm. and excited in, to try something new in ten years time. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's yeah. I, yeah, I think it's it's so important that you say that you you want to be excited about it because I think that is also something that you know we we get from the art then if you if that was your energy and how you wanted to to mm -hmm. do it then you know you get that also that from from you so I love that I, I and I like your idea of the wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah, you have to it yourself. You've got to pick up and you must keep going. <laughs> yeah, because I think this is also this idea of uh, what Seth Godin once said that 
um, you know, get it out there, you know, get, you, you have to, he calls it shipping, you know, mm. you have to just get it out there. And I think this is true because mm. it's, yeah. And I don't think you as an artist is less vulnerable than a young artist being mm. older like myself. You sometimes feel more vulnerable but you've, because you've done a lot of things and now you're doing something new, you feel vulnerable again. Uh, and you must make, um, become friends with your vulnerability also. And and, ex and it's not so easy. And yeah. that's keep experimenting, keep trying new things. You must also make peace with the idea that you will feel vulnerable again. You will feel um, some things that rejection or acceptance, but that because that's part of it. So um, but that you can do nothing. So just keep doing what you want to do yourself and, and make art that you are happy with and you've, you're excited about. You know, yeah. and, um, don't let the vulnerability uh, overpowers you. I think that's for the, any artist important that his own vulnerability becomes his tool, not his uh, killer's heel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Use your vulnerability to be sensitive towards the world, but don't let it become your killer's heel. And, and, and drags you back. So, you know, and it doesn't matter how old you are as an artist. If you're young or old, it's the same. Still, you must just accept it um, and embrace it to a certain extent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, now, Yako, I still have one question for you, and that is, can you do a shout out for uh, your favorite restaurant or coffee shop where you are? Where are you in Onres? Onres, yeah. We've got the uh, uh, restaurant here that's, that is quite exciting now. Milk, it was Milkwood, new owners, it's Milk, it's on the beach at Onrus. And it's such a beautiful setting with quite special food and very uh, welcoming staff. So we enjoy going down there, it's late afternoon and eat or having just a coffee or we walk down there and have a coffee and yeah so it's quite a milk it's a quite a special place to visit amazing it sounds wonderful i'll, I'll have to come to honors to try yeah, and yeah <laughs> so, but yako have a wonderful mm -hmm. afternoon thank you very much and thank you so much for your time and your uh wonderful insights and uh, i absolutely love your artwork thank you very much i appreciate mm -hmm. it thank you for for making time to to contact me and speak to me i appreciate it's it. it's a great pleasure and all the best with your own creative journey and maybe may it always excites you to be on that journey also thank you so much what a wonderful um uh thing to say.